Welcome everyone to this week's part in the disruption. We are excited that you are tuning in. We're going to go ahead and lay down a great show for you. Here are our rules. We have five questions. Each panelist will get 60 seconds to go ahead and argue their viewpoint and then two minutes to chop it up. Points will be awarded during their argument. The one with the most points at the end will win. Last week, surprisingly, the one with the most points at the end was Mr. Disruptor, Steve Trang over here. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, thank you. Uh, we were all we were all pleasantly surprised, right? <laughs> the judging was on point last week, so that was good. I'm looking forward to this week. You know, Chris got a nice, clean cut, right? I'm not sure if it's for PTD or for his webinar tonight. Uh, we got Dan Campbell joining us today from the future, so that's cool. And we got Leon. He's already classing it up. You know, he's already keeping us in our place in the pregame, toning down the attitude. So it's gonna it's gonna be a fun show. Absolutely. We we always appreciate Leon keeping us all in check. Honestly, we, we really do. Uh, next up, last week's runner up, Leon, do not forget the G Barnes. Introduce yourself. Man, I'm feeling the love straight out of the gates here. Feeling appreciated. Always uh, excited to be back. And, you know, every once in a while, once a year, we have to let Steve win. So he invites us back. Right. <laughs> So he's got his one win under his belt. Let's get this on. We'll we'll make sure to give him semi annual this year. We'll we'll keep the spirits you know high. Uh, coming <laughs> coming to us from Dallas Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, we have angry RJ Bates the third today. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, boss. Yeah, what's up, guys? RJ Bates the third here, and listen, Potter chose violence. <laughs> in the group chat before. <laughs> I don't understand why. Um, we're going to talk about it with our first question here in a second. Uh, but, yes, apparently I'm Dan Campbell. Okay? So I don't understand what that's about either, but excited for today's show. And, uh, Potter, you're still a socialist. Uh, awesome. And we are so happy that RJ Bates has broken yet another PTD record. He is the first one to get out of intros with negative score. Congratulations, RJ. <laughs> Next up, we have Mr. Question Mark over there, CJ. Uh, can you hear us? Are you there? There we go. There he is. All right, CJ, introduce yourself. Uh, Chris Jefferson, Richmond VA. It's uh, it's good to be back. Uh, see some uh, familiar faces in RJ. Um, so looking forward, uh, looking forward to today uh, for sure, man. Let's uh, let's get into it. There we go. All right, we are going to get into question number one. What is the biggest waste of time for newer wholesalers? Go ahead and start us off, Steve. Uh, doing anything that's not a revenue generating activity. You know, we see this all the time, creating LLCs, making websites, buying domain names, which I'm always guilty of. I'm really passionate about domain names. Um, but doing anything that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't actually make you money. You know, there is a guy out there. He's a pretty wise guy. I think it's Johnny Bravo. And he wears a shirt that says TTP, right? Talk to people. If you're not talking to people, you're not making money, right? So I think the only thing you should be doing when you're starting is talking to people. Over time, you can figure out what uh, niche or specialty you have. But first and foremost, if you're not making money, you don't have a business. There we go. Absolutely. Talking to people, number one priority starting out. All right, Leon, what about you? There's so many. And there's so many jokes that are uh, available uh, for this particular question with this panel. Oh, my gosh, I could go in so many different directions. But believe it or not, I'm going to take this opportunity for maybe the first time in the history of PTD to agree with Steve. 
uh, <laughs> if you are doing anything outside of lead generation and conversion of leads, then you do not have a business just because you file uh, with your state and you create an LLC does not mean that you have a business. You don't have business until you have revenue and all those other things that you're doing with analysis paralysis don't matter. Ultimately, it, it's all about are you talking to sellers and are you converting those sellers into deals? Wonderful insight there, Leon. Cannot wait to hear the response from RJ Bates on this one. What you got for us? Yeah, so before the show, <laughs> Potter said the biggest waste of time would be to listen to my podcast, the Titanium Podcast. <laughs> I am, I am insulted by this. I mean, this man literally shares an office with Steve Trang, and he thinks it's more of a waste of time to listen to my podcast. That man doesn't even have a personality, much less good content. And he says the biggest waste of time is to buy domains. This guy buys domains at dinner with his family. I mean, how many domains do you own, Steve? 5,000? Uh, 200 something. 200 something it's ridiculous so listen the biggest waste of time is cold calling okay i hate the fact that we think because you're new you're supposed to cold call that's literally one of the most difficult ways to generate a lead you're calling cold leads you're trying to do something that you've never done before and the average cost of contracts from inbound leads to cold outreach is about the same so it doesn't cost less to do that on average so I think you're just burying yourself with a lot of negativity and struggles early on because you think you're saving money, but ultimately you're not. There we go. That's good insight. And RJ, link up with Steve after the show. He'll sell you a couple domains. All right. <laughs> All right, CJ, what about you? What are your thoughts? <laughs> this answer from RJ is just so horrendous. Now I can't, I can't, I can't not see him now. It's like he's got this new backdrop. I don't know if the guy's got like crystals and sage and, and he's like walking around Texas, you know, like Kumbaya. Get on the phones, man. What are, what are you really talking about right now, man? Look, biggest waste of time. And I say this, you know, I say this respectfully. Um, people sitting online and looking at content like RJ Bates the third. All right. I see this content calendar yesterday. And I'm like, my God, man, he's going to jam some person up all over the country. He's going to jam people up for 30 days. All they're going to do is just watch his like three, four hour long videos every day and not actually get on the phone and talk to somebody, not connect with somebody and try to take a revenue generating step. Uh, look, you got to talk to sellers. You got to make offers, not sit and look at content all day, every single day. Yeah, I, I'm thinking right now of RJ hanging out with Carlos Reyes in Sedona, walking around barefoot to get. Yeah, that's what that's the that's how he's <laughs> that's what I'm right picturing now. right now. <laughs> what? What are y'all even talking about? So, it's look, CJ. Here, here, RJ, here's the thing, right? So <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book, right? He talks about the ten thousand hours. Does, Mar does RJ know who Malcolm Gladwell is? But I don't think he does, right? So <laughs> mastery, right, is, is is doing something a lot until you get good at it. The difference between uh, average good and excellence, it comes down to reps more than anything else, right? You can learn, you can study, but reps is the single most important thing. And cold calling, it sucks. I agree. It sucks. That was one of my first jobs out of high school. But it gives you the experience to get punched in the mouth all day, every day. 
prepares you to be able to pivot when you hear objections. So I think if you're not going to, the best way to work on sales is to get punched in the mouth over and over again. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if RJ's being serious or if he's, if he's kidding. Oh, I'm yeah, being he, dead serious. He must have like one of those agent, agent outreach products coming out or no. something. No, 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 no. Hard pass on that. Listen, <laughs> you think that it's getting a rep in when you sit for 20 minutes on silence while your dialer is going through all of the no answers and the wrong phone numbers. And then you get a seller on the phone that says, how did you get my information? Why would you think I want to sell? That's a rep. Yes. Yeah, that's realistic. That's what you're going to run into, man. Nah, bro. That's what you guys run into. Potter, get the finger ready. Here. I'm ready. Um, Let, let's hear it, Leon. <laughs> so I think the, like, the disconnect here is, is that it's the biggest waste of time for RJ. Mm -hmm. Not the biggest waste of time for other newer wholesalers. RJ's style is much more suited. He is great at inbound leads. But I've got a whole community that built their business first and foremost by getting on the phone and texting and calling as their main source of, of leads. So it doesn't, it, the question is biggest waste of time and cold calling is not the biggest waste of time. This, this is adorable. This is what I love about you guys. Y'all just can't admit that I'm the fucking best. I'm sorry. I'm the freaking <laughs> yeah, happy best. birthday, I'm Steve, best. man. My bad. Damn it, Steve. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Leon, in 2020, I did a 50-day challenge on all outbound, and I got 86 contracts during that. Then I do inbound, and I get 125, and y'all say, what's well, RJ's style is suited for inbound. No. What I'm telling you is, is cold calling the, why do people cold call? Because they can't afford any other lead generating activity. So they think that they're saving money, but they're actually not. Could, could you could you not agree, though, that the majority of people who start wholesaling do not have a reasonable budget to do PPC and PPL? To get I just told generate you it's the same amount. Yeah, but you're saying that that's the biggest waste of time. Yes. And our only disagreement with you is that it's not the biggest in, in your opinion, it may be a waste of time, but it is definitely not for new wholesalers listening to this. Do not listen to RJ. It is not. Please, your please do not listen to RJ. <laughs> I can promise you there are so many people out there that every day they wake up and they listen to you guys and they sit there and they cold call over and over and over again. They get nowhere. And then magically they find me with my organic content and they go, well, so easy. They're wasting their so time. Easy? Right. They're wasting time practicing, getting reps, getting good in conversations, and they're just going to have layups, just layups. So if, if you follow RJ's model, you don't have to be good at sales. You just have to have people that want to sell give you their phone number. Hey, yeah, if you, if you want to be Dennis Rodman, go to, go to Titanium. <laughs> if you want to be Michael Jordan, you want to be legendary, man, come to the U, man. What's Listen, up? Hey, that's adorable. At closedforesales.com, they teach you how to get your teeth kicked in. That's what that's what <laughs> You hey, got to practice. And for the record, I can attest, uh, having dinner with Steve, if you give him any ideas on a URL or a domain name that he likes, he is going to search it at that meal. And even if it was your idea, he's going to take it. 100%. I, I can attest to that. So, so first of all, that is a true story, but I am not the bad guy. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I am not that guy. <laughs> oh, man. And that's question one. We still have four more to go. <laughs> Just... 
Uh, for the record, again, this is, uh, I think, the first time that RJ's ever said the word adorable twice in the first question ever. Yeah, that's when you know the show is going to be just top tier. Um, also, again, surprisingly, we had a Leon agreed with Steve. That's, I mean, again, I think that's a PTD first. Point to, Steve, point to Steve on that round. Uh, let's be honest. Everybody won uh, except for uh, Mr. This, That, and the Third over there. <laughs> All right. Let's get into question number two. Detroit Lions head coach and RJ Bates doppelganger uh, Dan Campbell faced criticism for some of his fourth down decisions and not attempting uh, field goals. As a leader, are you more likely to stick to your guns in any situation, or do you adapt as necessary? Start us off, Steve. So I'm more inclined to stick with my guns, and the people I will listen to are people that are either wiser and more experienced than me, or someone on my leadership team points out, Steve, you're not considering this. Hey, let's consider this data point. Let's consider this fact or whatever. They're going to offer input, and I get to figure out which I, what I want to do. What I won't listen to is the commentary and the crowd and the general public, right? Uh, I think RJ says this, right? Like, you can't let others that are doing less than you judge you on what you're doing, right? So you got to have confidence. What got you here, you got to have that conviction to keep going and playing your game. I think playing your game is something that's so critical that it's easy to second-guess a head coach, but if this is what got you to the NFC playoff, NFC final, then you got to keep being you. You can't let the the public sway you. You got to drown out the noise. Good, good point, Steve. Good point. All right. What about you, Leon? What are your thoughts? To start, I am. I want to put this out there that I am a fan of Dan Campbell. Uh, I lived in Michigan for three years, and I was there for the 0-16 season, um, and those fans are loyal and they deserve a winner. And he has clearly shown that he can win. And I, I you know, I'm not going to disagree with, with that man who's taken them to the playoffs and almost to the Super Bowl. But I will say for me personally, um, you can call me Chameleon Leon. Um, <laughs> that didn't roll off the tongue as well as I wanted it to, but I'll say it Chameleon. Um, I adapt, man. I take what the defense gives me. You guys have heard me say that a million times in this group. Um, you know, that I think it is important um, that the whole phrase of take what the defense gives you uh, comes from sports, right? And we tried to do the exact same thing in real estate. Uh, if you continue to stick to your fourth down guns, you're going to end up broke. Uh, you've got to adapt uh, with what the market gives you. And I think the same thing uh, goes for sports. You're right. Chameleon just doesn't roll very well, but it's, it's a great play. It, it is. It looks better when I wrote it down. <laughs> there we go. Always, always with cliff notes, but Leon's ready to go. All right, RJ, what are your thoughts? Are you sticking to guns or are you changing it up? Imagine a scenario in which you're on a podcast with three of your peers and they ask you a question about wasting time and you give an answer and they all adamantly disagree. You got to stick to your guns, baby. Fight it head on. Stick to your guns. And that's what I think Dan Campbell should have done. And he did it. Yeah, the results weren't there, but it's what got him to the NFC championship. And the other thing about it is, is listen to his players. They loved the decisions that he made. They stood next. His quarterback, Jared Goff, stood there and said, 
we love this about our coach, the fact that he trusts us as players. The only decision that the Lions made during that game that I did not agree with was when they were on the one-yard line and they ran the ball on third down. They should have run the touchdown play on third down, and if they didn't score, then run the ball on fourth down. That's the only time I disagreed with them, but I don't even know if that was Dan Campbell's decision. I think that was probably just the offensive coordinators. But at the end of the day, I think he did the right thing by sticking his guns. I think you should do the same thing inside of your business because – Otherwise, I think you're always going to be chasing unicorns and thinking just because you're not getting the results that you should be adapting to what somebody else is doing or what the public is telling you to do. There we go. Insightful RJ has shown up for question number two. I like it. All right, CJ, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's a tough one, man. Uh, I feel bad for Dan Campbell in a way, and I got a lot of respect for him at the same time. You know, I, I think that there was an opportunity to play the game differently. Um, I think you got to say the right things. I think the team's got to stay unified post, right, publicly. But I think if anybody, for for what that meant to Detroit, right? I don't even. I didn't even know that Leon had ever been to Detroit. But if but what that meant to, for Detroit, right? I, I think if anybody could get that back and make a different call, I think we'd be naive to think that they wouldn't do that, right? Like I hundred percent think they'd try to take that game into OT. Yeah, sticking to his guns, I think, is important in business. But I also think that, like, lessons are important, too. And you got to be willing at all times to take a step back and, and really assess, like, all right, well, how did I handle this? How What was my decision making? Did I use discernment in that moment? And uh, I, I definitely think that it would make sense to Dan Campbell, if he could get it back, to have kicked a field goal earlier in the game, uh, you know, potentially be having an opportunity to play for a Super Bowl or be in the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, I think he, I think he'd take it back, and I think you got to think that way at, at, at a lot of times. These yeah, are a, analytic decisions, though. I mean, this is like going back to Moneyball with the Oakland Athletics and the things that they were doing back then that took them from a dumpster fire of an organization to being in the playoffs. It's the same thing. They're making decisions based off the analytics. If the results were different. If that first fourth down they go for, they get, and then they go up. Instead of going up 17, they go up 21, and the Lions end up going to the Super Bowl. We're all praising Dan Campbell for trusting the analytics and his team. I, so I think sometimes we make rash decisions just based off of the small, little, tiny results that didn't work out in his favor. You know how you get average results? You do what everyone says to do. Right. If you do what everyone says to do, you can get the same result everyone else has. So uh, I think that there's no way he could predict that his receivers couldn't catch the ball. <clears throat> I don't think you could yeah. predict that. Right. And I, you look at, you know, I take this back to the Suns, you know, just quick tangent here. Every time I see Josh Okogie shoot a three pointer, I was like, you, you have one job is to make mm -hmm. jump shots. Right. These receivers, <laughs> you have one job catch the ball so we're we're not saying that if we're asking you know any high level coach or organization to adapt we're not saying that they shouldn't stick to their guns because honestly again what i started off with is this has gotten them to this level and you're talking about an organization that has never been to the super bowl they've played since the beginning of the nfl and their only franchise that has played since season one that hasn't been to an nfl franchise in a, a super bowl so I, we're not saying don't, you know, you got to learn from some of these uh, things that happen in this and hopefully the decisions that they've made get them back. I mean, I go back to the draft. Everybody 
kicked them uh, while they were down, saying that the picks that they picked were were dumb. And both of those the, those two first rounders ended up being big time players for them. So we're not saying completely change, you know, what you're doing, Dan. But I do think there's some you live and you learn to CJ's point that I think you're doing a disservice to your team and your organization and your city if you're not learning and learning lessons from the mistakes of this season. Yeah, because what we're not acknowledging is it, it is okay to say it was an ego move, right? I mean, it, 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 we can't miss we can't miss like Comingo like sticking to your guns, and it's just it was an ego move. Yeah, it's what got them there, but ultimately you're playing to win. You're playing for a championship. You're playing for an opportunity to be in a championship. Uh, I, I think it was an ego move, which, look, we've all got ego. I respect it. But, again, if he could get that decision back, I think that he would. And kind of like Leon was saying when in his original response, I mean, look, if I think about money I've lost or bad decisions I've made in life or RJ shared about, you know, business going left on him, you know, Steve the same, a, a lot of those times, if I traced it back, a lot of that could have been rooted to ego, right? The ego that the ARV of the property was really – 300 when when in reality if when you look back at the comps post you look at it and you're like yeah I, I knew i was only going to sell that thing for 275 but that's ego right like oh if i do this to the renovation if i do that so i think there has to be some acknowledgement of that for sure that's a great analogy cj arv man will get you in trouble i will say that one of the best moments of that game was when Josh Reynolds dropped the second pass and there was a quick camera glance of Josh Reynolds walking off the field with his head held down and Dan Campbell walked over and hugged him and said something in his ear. I mean, the level of which that man has the support of his players is unmatched across the, I think, all professional sports. I think that should be more talked about from a leadership perspective of how he's gotten his team to rally around him and what their core objective is as an organization more than, Hey, maybe he made an ego decision on going for it on fourth down or something like that. I think there's a lot to be said about Dan Campbell as a leader. I, I, we, I think we all would agree with that. And uh, we would go bite kneecaps with him as well. He's a, yeah. he's done some amazing <laughs> things with that franchise. Oh uh, yeah. All right. There we go. Uh, and, I enjoyed the uh, discussion and the banter here. Um, took this one to the to the chat though. I wanted to see what the people had to say. Our uh, our favorite resident of Richmond over there gets the point. Gets the final <laughs> point. There we go. All right, we're gonna get into. Anything. Yeah, RJ, it's good to see you again. Bro. <laughs> I didn't even say anything. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get into question number three, which is our viral video topic. Check this out. Get a job, save a little, take out a mortgage, buy a house. Get a job, save a little, take out a mortgage, buy a house. Get a job, save a little, take out a mortgage, buy a house. Get a job, save a little, apply for a mortgage, get a second job, get some roommates, rent a house. Realize the only generation that's going to fix this is yours and start building. All right. Based off of that, what would be your advice to young adults that are trying to buy a house? Start us off, CJ. You're muted. You're muted. If you are in a space where you are not doing anything humanly possible in your life, 
legally to make more money. Um, emphasis on legally. You are setting yourself up for extreme failure. Uh, it is getting extremely hard to buy homes. I just got a call from the director of HUD here in Richmond earlier today asking me to come in and have a conversation with his team about RJ's favorite passionate topic, affordable housing. And I think I even said this on the show the other week. The reality of it is this. In the next 5, 10, 15 years, two-family homes are going to be the norm, right? People living two families in a house is going to become extremely common. Um, if, if, if people continue to just operate the way that they have, thinking that, you know, your job's just going to continue to pay more money because they think the same way that RJ does, like, oh, wait, these people are going to show up for work anyway. Why would we just give them big raises every single year? They have to have a job. I mean, look, if you look online right now, read the news, there's massive layoffs that are happening. I think I saw yesterday UPS just laid off 12,000 yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not trying to figure out how to make more money right now outside of your W-2, um, I, I wish you the best. Very good points there. Um, we love affordable housing, one of our favorite topics here on PTD. <laughs> Can't wait to get into that. All right, Steve, what are your thoughts on this? Well, obviously, you have to buy more crypto. I mean, it was a Coinbase commercial. I mean, that's the first <laughs> first logical conclusion because it's Coinbase. Um, you know, I was actually thinking about this. I, I still remember back when we used to run uh, in the mornings, Pace and I, right? And I remember thinking, like, we were talking about the thing that sucks with inflation and everything else is that everyone here is going to be okay. We're going to be okay, right? Because we're entrepreneurs. We're willing to take risks. We're willing to go out there and go hustle for some more. But I feel bad for everyone else that doesn't have that option because not everyone's wired to be an entrepreneur. As much as we want to preach about it on social media, not everyone has the crazy risk tolerance that we have. Right. Not everyone is willing to go through the ups and downs and rejection, cold calling. We we're talking about a moment ago. Not everyone's willing to go through all that. And so I feel really bad for everyone that's limited uh, to a W-2 because that's what you can tolerate. That's what you can stomach day in, day out. I'm with Chris on this one. Like you got to figure out a way to get some extra money. You got to figure out a side hustle, right? If you're an entrepreneur, don't side hustle. That's a massive distraction. If you're a W-2, <laughs> you got to figure out a side hustle. You got to figure out another way to bring in additional revenue to the family because it's going to get harder and harder. It's one thing I can say for sure. It's not going to get easier. And also, I would just like to endorse Steve that he did not throw in the stipulation that it has to be legally. So, you know, you got that. <laughs> go go ahead and visit. Listen, Steve. you know, who, you, you've seen my, my criteria for hiring. I, I have. Your, your, your punch list is amazing on it. All right, Leon, what are your thoughts? I had to think about this one for a while because there's a lot of advice I think all of us on this panel could give. But I thought about, you know, what's the most important? And I also went back to all the houses that I've purchased um, over the years and thinking about young adults that bought houses. So I'm going to go in a different direction with this one. Um, I'm going to give you a story of mostly young sellers that I purchased homes from. One in particular, this house was a year and a half old. And my best advice uh, to young, uh, young adults looking to buy or trying is the question is first and foremost is be true to yourself. Steve said earlier, you know, you don't have to do what everyone else says you have to do. Not everyone has to own a house. I think I said that on last week's show. Not everyone is suited to be a homeowner. Uh, if you are not someone that is willing to do the work, because guess what? Even in a new home, maintenance is required. 
Uh, I can't tell you how many houses I've purchased from those uh, that do not take care of their properties. And so I'm not saying that you shouldn't, uh, uh, most Americans want to buy homes. That, 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 sh that should be something that I think most of us uh, uh, strive for. At the same time, be true to yourself. Renting is okay. It's all right. There we go. Leon's taking it, taking us uh, on a story there. I like it. I, I enjoy it. And you are correct. Yes, not everybody sh should be a homeowner. All right, RJ, what are your thoughts? This is a this is a pretty tough one for me because it, it's a very depressing <laughs> commercial to watch, um, especially considering. Some of the comments that I've seen on social media over the past month about this is really how the Americans are feeling in certain parts of the country. Um, but also knowing that we do real estate in all 50 states, realizing that some of the appreciation and specifically just the, the cost of home ownership in certain parts of America has not been as impacted as other places. So I think if I were to give advice to people, maybe one of the things you should do is look at where you're living and understand if whatever you're doing for your career, you can afford to live there. Um, case in point, I mean, houses in California, houses in New York are certain parts of New York are ridiculous. And then I will post a reel of me buying a house in the Midwest or the Sun Belt, and they'll be like, where can you buy a house for $50,000? all over the United States. There are places where there still is affordable housing. Um, that being said, I, I agree with what almost everybody else said on here, um, that you do need to explore ways to increase your income, whether that's becoming an entrepreneur or if you're not doing some sort of side hustle, but there are places in the United States where there still is affordable housing. Oh my I was God. talking to he uh so, he so missed an opportunity. I gotta get this one here, Steve. <laughs> so missed an opportunity. You would have shut the internet down, RJ. For those that are fans of this show, if you would have said you don't you don't have to be like a tree in this particular case, oh. you would have shut the internet down and would have won the next 15 shows with that response because you always say be like a tree in this particular case. If there's not affordability in your particular area, you don't have to be like a tree. You can actually move. I thought is, uh, that's where you were going. So if, when is, everybody is, uh, migrates. When everybody say, migrates to, the, to the, the Midwest, what what hap like what happens then exactly? Well, you demand mean, demand shifts. No, no, no. Hold, hold on. Yeah, what's going to happen to the housing prices in California when they all move away? So we, everybody, everybody should just keep moving back and forth. Is that the? <laughs> well, I'm not necessarily. So like you, you should leave California and move to like Missouri. I'm Talk saying. Right? I'm saying that in California, the vast, they're not going anywhere. The vast majority of the United States still has pretty affordable housing. I would you, say you, if you live in California, do not leave California. Please stay where you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so affordable housing exists everywhere outside of the top five major metro areas. What's the what's the thought here? No, you might be more, I know you might be more versed on, the, Houston, on the There's affordable housing in Chicago. It's mainly. I mean, not to make this political, but it's it's mainly in in liberal locations where the the prices have 
significantly risen where no it's no longer affordable to live there. Seattle, Portland, California, New York City. I mean, it, there's a trend here, brother. I mean, I'm not trying to point fingers, but I'm just saying it's there's a trend. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're pointing fingers at. This is like, uh, you know, here at the U, RJ, uh -huh. uh, when we hear people talk like that, uh, in response, we call that saying anything, right? Uh, the, the thought, the thought that the reality is, is that only in these specific areas, is it, is it, is it getting unaffordable to buy a home? I don't know about that, man. It's not, but there are places that are more affordable than others. Yeah. Right? I mean, so like, is, is this is a, a lot more, not yeah. just a little, there's a lot more affordability across yeah. the U S than just major metros. I mean, yeah. Does it all does across it the all Midwest? The you, could, you, I mean, my, my average ARV for for my properties that I flip, um, and granted, this is in you know Kansas, but it's it's one fifty to two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but are we are we defining affordability? I just want to make sure I'm following y'all so I can get educated. So are we are we defining affordability based on your ARVs, or are we defining affordability on on what people can afford to buy in these areas? So Leon, would you agree or disagree? I know you might be the most intelligent person. Other than myself on the panel, right? <laughs> are, are we? Are we? Can we agree or disagree that people make different wages sure. based on the geographic location in which they live in, right? So, like the same job in California, right, could pay drastically different if it was in Oklahoma. Or my so RJ said that. RJ said that in his in his argument. That so, I, all right. I, so, I do you not do you, do you not think? Did that affects affordability? And again, I'm trying to get educated. Do you guys not think that affects affordability then in those markets if your wages are different? So if you went one second. So when you say, yeah, well, I mean, the house is 250, yeah. right? It's not a million dollars like California, right? If the wage is different in the in the proximity of this house that's 250,000, you don't you guys don't think that affects affordability? I'm again it's not I'm a factor to learn of four. It, it's not a factor of four. That's, right? that's the, where the, I was the, going. I would argue the cost of living to buy a home versus the the uh the where you live and the wage compensation is not that different. So right? is the is the is the thought that the majority of America is affordable other than these large metro areas? Is that again I'm here to learn. Me and Potter are trying to trying to learn here. So is that the general consensus from you, gentlemen? I think if you go across the United States and you like, for example, we literally buy deals in all 50 states. It is the vast majority of our houses are going to be sub $300,000 in the majority of locations. The places where it gets ridiculous are going to be on the West Coast, places like Phoenix, Vegas, and then in the Northeast. And they're the highly liberal states where they've kind of dug their own grave. You want to continue being there? be there but don't complain about what you wanted this is what you you voted in office you've continued to do this listen like what he was talking about kansas ohio indiana majority of illinois minus the super nice part of chicago michigan all these places are affordable so yes gotcha you. yeah dude you should you should you should go knock on your next door neighbor alex jones's door and get and get him to broadcast the fact that the majority of housing in America is affordable. This is breaking news. That's, that's I think it, I would I argue that it is affordable. That's insane. I yeah. would agree with him, CJ, that is 100% affordable in most other parts. The problem is the ability to leave where you're at. 
right? Like if you grew up and your support system is in mm. the liberal cities we're talking about and the ability to get up and relocate, that's not an easy situation, right? Because the problems we talk about is it's not just the affordability component, it's the environment you're in, right? What you're surrounded with. We were saying earlier, you know, you're the average of the five people you're around. The idea of moving to the Midwest, what kind of support system are you gonna have, right? I am incredibly blessed. My parents are just up the street. My in-laws are just up the street. For me to move is a very significant ordeal. So I don't think so, the challenging is the moving, is the affordability component. I think changing your entire life but what did you do, Steve? You found a way to make enough money to live in Phoenix. Like that's yeah. what you went out and did. You said, Hey, I have to make X amount of money to be able to stay here. If you cannot do that, you don't have that ability. Then you have to find another location that you can afford to live in based and off be, the career that you choose. And to be clear, CJ, I'm not saying that uh, it's less affordable today than it has been in that commercial, the 1950s. It has it has gotten worse. There is no doubt about that. At the same time, I think it's also been heightened because inventory since 2018. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but uh, Matthew probably does is is lower than it's been in our lifetime. So I think that 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 plays a factor in that as well, no matter where you're at in the U.S. Yeah, I think in the conversation of affordable, all these things play a factor in the conversation of is housing affordable or not i think i think we as real estate people often isolate our thoughts and perspectives to just the component of hey housing prices the market da, 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 da. but there's so many other variables that contribute to the fact like steve you just pointed out one right like can somebody actually afford a home or not but time will tell it'll be interesting to see that was a really long way of saying you're wrong <laughs> Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying i'm wrong that's for sure. <laughs> oh man that was definitely a great and insightful uh round of answers from our panelists i always like when we get on this discussion before we get into question number four though we're gonna have a word from our sponsor pat hilton over at acoustic force media the world is changing so is the world of business it's never been easier to get your message out to the entire planet. Let me help you crack the code today. My name is Pat Hilton. My social media agency can produce you the same custom digital content that landed me on stage at the biggest business events in the world. I've rocked the roof off with the best digital marketers in the game. Getting social media content filmed and produced for your business is now as easy as ordering a cup of coffee and hopping on a video call with your friend. We find trending topics in your niche, coach you through recording in the comfort of your home or office, create engaging clips and graphics, then upload them online and manage all your social media pages. Bring your brand to life. Contact Acoustic Force Media today. Awesome. Thank you, Pat, for making all of us look good, including RJ. We really appreciate it. We're going to get into question number four. With Sabrina, with Sabrina uh, Ionescu and Steph Curry facing off in a three-point contest for the 2024 NBA All-Star Weekend, is this a rise in popularity in women's sports? 
I don't know why you guys are laughing. I actually Googled it before the show. That is the per- <laughs> correct pronunciation. So thank you. I, I, I took, put some extra effort in. Go ahead and start us off, Steve. No. I mean, what kind of question is this? Uh, <laughs> just because there's a a, a woman uh, in the three-point contest with Stephen Curry. I mean, they've had the, what is that, that team thing, right? Where you have like the Houston Rockets and then the, whatever the Houston team is. Or here we have the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury, right? And they have that tandem already. It's already existed. Um, I think it's awesome. I would say this is cool. I, I would say what's more interesting is what Caitlin Clark is doing. You know, I'm looking forward to watching uh, like the run that she's on. But this is a rise in women's sports. Biggest problem you're gonna have consistently. Who was it? Uh, uh, Bill was it Bill Burr, right? He's like the biggest problem with women's sports is that women don't watch it, right? Like that is the problem. If women want, if the women want more women in sports having success, they've got to support each other. And the sad reality is, they're not interested in it. So no, I don't think this is a rise in women's sports. There we go. All right. What about you, Leon? What are your thoughts? Statistically, I don't know. I can't tell you if they're on the rise or not, but I can tell you from my own viewing habits. And I I think that um, Bill Burr might be correct in the fact that women don't watch. But I think if you really want to cross over, you've got to get the male audience. Look how many millions and millions of people watched uh, the NFL playoff games. Obviously a different game. But I can tell you this. I do know that the rise of the NCAA women's tournament uh, has been significant over the last at least five years just because of the talent, the sheer talent that has been playing in the tournament. I know I watched more of the NCAA women's basketball tournament last year. Why? Because of Caitlin Clark. And so if there's talent um, to uh, for them to continue to show and get better, I'm here for it. And uh, I, I don't have girls, but I do know there's a girl dad, uh, girl dad movement in regards to sports, and I'm here for it. I, I wanted to continue to grow, uh, and I've seen, um, I've seen that rise over the last few years. There we go. We appreciate the insight there, Leon. All right, what about you, RJ? What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, this is not a rise in you know, women's sports popularity at all. This is a push to try to get – women's sports more popular but this does not i mean this is not a sign of that whatsoever and and everyone is rightfully so bringing up caitlin clark she is the opportunity for women's sports i mean captivating amazing i mean literally i've never been more impressed by a female athlete than caitlin clark what she does repeatedly with game-winning shots from the freaking logo i mean it's it's amazing what she can do if the WNBA can find a way when she joins to leverage her popularity and her skill sets, that's their opportunity to really get it. And, and to Steve's point, women have to start supporting female sports. Otherwise, it's never going to get there because to a certain degree, men are just never going to be more interested in watching the WNBA over the NBA. Now, on a separate note, I will say there was there has been a new women's professional hockey league that has come out and they have done a great <laughs> job of rolling that. No, listen, this is serious because it's on the topic. They have done a great job of rolling that league out. They strategically ch- chose hockey cities that would support it. They are selling out. They are getting TV deals. I think that even though it's in its infancy, they could look at what that league did and see how they could popularize 
women's sports from what that league did there. All right. <clears throat> Undefeated. RJ always works hockey somehow into PTD. He does. <laughs> CJ, what are your thoughts? R- rise on women's sports here. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's a rise on women's sports necessarily and you know from this singular event. Uh, but I think it's dope. I think it's cool. Uh, I think we got to see, you know, more of it. I mean, the world's changing, right? Things are happening. Um, so this is my first time hearing about it. You know, when I read the question two minutes before the show started, um, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So now I'm interested, right? Uh, Potter, how do you say the name? Sabrina, what? Well, I don't know. Ask somebody else is giggling while I'm trying to read. Yeah, Ionescu, right? So I'm, I'm now I'm interested. Now I want to know who she is. Now I want to watch the three point contest and see what she does. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I think that, you know, the only way I think we're going to get a rise in women's sports is if we can find the way to, to create a rise in the entertainment. I think what's made football, I think what's made uh, NBA and in these sports, these the big sports, so interesting to all of us is the entertainment value that's come with it. And that's why I think the rules have been changed in these games to increase the value of the, the entertainment. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll be cool to see what happens with it. I, I you think know, there are two factors here um, that will continue the rise of women's sports. Number one is talent. I can remember, I've been an NBA fan for a very, very long time. I can remember post-Jordan, there weren't a lot of stars. There weren't a ton of talent. There were a few, but not like today's NBA where there's a star playing every single night. They've got my eyeballs back. I think the exact same for women's sports, not just basketball, but other sports as well. Caitlin Clark is one of those. She is the Steph Curry of women's basketball. She can take a lot of eyeballs from other things to watch, uh, me included, from a uh, from a you know, men's game to a women's game just to watch her. So more talent, obviously, is one factor. The second factor, which wasn't mentioned here, the rise of gambling in the United States. There are more activities to gamble on today, and those that gamble will gamble on anything, right? (laughs) And so Vegas and all of the gambling apps are all looking for more content to uh, make available to uh, to gamble on. So the rise of sports, the, the, the talent level with the with the amount of gambling that's happening and, and, and more events to gamble on, I think are two factors that you'll continue to see it rise. Hold on, Leon, I got a question for you because you yeah. brought up a great point. And, and honestly, I'm so appreciative of you for bringing this up because if gambling's on the rise across the United States, how are we affording that? Because we can't afford houses. So what are we spending? What are we gambling with? I mean, we don't have jobs. We can't afford houses. So what are we gambling with? Well, but I, I, think I that's get where be... you're going, but this is not new. People have always gambled. There's just apps for it now. So they were always spending no, that money. It, I think it's worse now. And I think that should be a topic of its own thing. I, I just want to share a couple of things. So once a year, my heart hurts. Once a year. Right. And it's when I get a text from CJ. Because he's doing his WNBA fantasy league, and I have to tell him no again. Every year, right? Like since I've known him, he sends it me like, "Hey, Steve, can you participate this year?" I was like, "No, man. Like, no, I can't. I can't do that." And you, if you look at what has to happen for entertainment value, the reason why we watch the Lions and the Niners, right? There has to be greatness on both sides 
and there has to be triumphant and there has to be tragedy, right? Like one team is just a little bit better than the other side. One team goes home with a trophy. One team goes home with their heads down, right? Mm -hmm. We have to have that. Otherwise, it's not compelling entertainment for sports. And until we can have not five, maybe three, right? Three Caitlin Clarks or two on one team and another two on the other team. Until we have that, right? We have Diana Taurasi. She's been amazing, right? She's been great. Mm-hmm. But since Diana Taurasi, like who else has been interesting in the WNBA? I mean, to your point, Steve, there are women's sports out there that fill arenas, but they don't have the TV deals um, that other sports do. So case in point, uh, the United States National Championship for figure skating just happened. I happened to watch it because the winner actually trains at the same rink as my kids. So we've actually gotten to know her and she won. That arena was sold out. Why? Because there was greatness on display. But it's not as broadcast as sports as basketball and to our point with the NFL football. But that's not, but that's not one-on-one, right? That's the, the challenge. It's not one-on-one or five-on-five. It's yeah. you perform, you perform, you perform. It's harder. Like I think besides golf, what else is there where you perform and then you perform and then you perform? Yeah. I think we should do a future show where RJ – um, every answer is related to either hockey or the skating rink. Every single answer he can relate back to those two things. I, I can do that. Point, point to Leon. <laughs> I did hear he is the best roller hockey player in Dallas Fort Worth. So I'm pretty pretty decent at roller hockey. <laughs> I thought you I thought you were going to say roller derby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's great. Uh, future show, all hockey, all the time from RJ Bates. We look forward to it. We're going to get into question number five. Last question of the day. Surprisingly, it's a very close match. I'm going to need good answers from all of you. Taylor Swift reportedly generated a brand value of $330 million for the Chiefs. Who do you think has benefited more, the Chiefs or the NFL? Start us off, Leon. I don't think you can calculate who won uh, who won more on this. I think they both won. Uh, the Chiefs now have more fans, which ultimately means more merchandise sales, more ticket sales, more eyeballs. And as a lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fan, we welcome all of the bandwagon fans that have joined over the last few years. It also means new eyeballs for those non-sports fans that are just following because they're Swifties. So uh, I guess you could argue that the Chiefs may be a little bit more than the NFL, but if the Chiefs win, the NFL wins. So they both win. I don't think anybody's going to agree that just the Chiefs winning and the NFL wins. No, I'm just kidding, Leon. It's okay. We're, we're, we're here for it. All right, RJ, what are your thoughts about Tay-Tay over here? I mean, intrinsically, the NFL wins when the Chiefs win, right? So I think the Chiefs have won, but because of that, the NFL wins as well. Um, I Just real quick, I have to interrupt my answer, though. I did win the 2021 and 2023 <laughs> Closers Olympics. I haven't mentioned that this, this week, so I just had to fit that in real quick. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Taylor, Taylor Swift has, has – been a boom for an audience that otherwise the NFL had no way to really connect 
with that younger female audience. Um, I don't know how much that is really like added to the NFL though. I mean, I know there's the more eyeballs on there, but long-term, what is this going to look like? Um, I don't know if it's going to play out where this is going to continue for, for years and years. I'm surprised that there's not mention of her being somewhat involved with the Super Bowl, considering she's going to be there though. That's, that was kind of a missed opportunity. I feel like by the NFL. Absolutely. <clears throat> RJ Bates is the Taylor Swift of PTD over here. <laughs> he really is. CJ, what, what are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, first and foremost, man, shout out to Swifty Nation. All right. Uh, all my fellow Swifties, man. Uh, I think it, I think it's absolutely amazing that every game that it, and by the way, before I say this, I had no idea Leon had so many professional team, uh, you know, uh, alliances, man. I mean, it went from, he went from Tampa to Detroit. I mean, he went from Detroit to Kansas City in one episode, man. It's, I mean, I think that's crazy. I mean, I, I like that, man. I mean, he's like that guy on the on, on TikTok that it, whoever's playing, he's just got like six jerseys on underneath. <laughs> so shout out to him. But now nah, shout out to Swifty Nation. I think it's great uh, for the NFL, and I think it's obviously great for Kansas City. But ultimately, the the league benefits the most, right? The viewership, uh, even if somebody's just got this on in the house just so they can see the camera pan to Taylor Swift every six seconds uh, to, to show a cut shot for every drop pass, every first down, I think it's great for the game, bringing more people to watch. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's amazing, but definitely NFL's one out. Yeah. She's, she's definitely brought a lot of eyes onto the game. All right, Steve, what are your thoughts? So let me first qualify this as uh, I'm a, I'm a closet Swifty, right? So, you know, I do appreciate it, bro. You got three daughters. You're you're good. This this is this is a problem that started before the daughters, right? So like the teardrops on my guitar, right? Actually went to a 1989 concert with with my wife, right? Back back in the day when the tickets were affordable. (laughs) Talk about affordable affordability is not affordable today. Um, The I would say the NFL doesn't truly win, right? I mean, they're getting some ancillary benefits, but they don't truly win. Uh, The Chiefs win this year, this year, right? But inevitably, Travis is going to break up with Taylor, and every Swifty <laughs> will just destroy the Chiefs, right? She's going to write song after song after song about her ex-boyfriend, and the Chiefs are going to be the bad guys. So I think in the long run, they all lose. But for the time being, I enjoy watching highlights with my daughters, just in case Taylor is in the, is in the, the, the what is it? Skybox. Skybox, right? And for the times when Jason Kelsey isn't, you know, buck naked, it's it's great to watch. <laughs> wow. Could, could you imagine the pressure of being Travis Kelsey, knowing that at any point in time, if you screw up and she breaks up with you, that the entire world hates you <laughs> and it's going to come crashing down on you. And also, Steve, you pointing out that you're a Swifty is like you pointing out that you're Asian. We get it, bro. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's well said. So there's two things. Uh, one, uh, I learned today um, that Steve knows nothing about the NFL after that answer. Uh, number two, you all were blessed to understand now why I'm so informed, because I've lived across this great nation in affordable and non-affordable. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Leon's it doesn't chasing, exist, Leon. He's chasing affordable housing. 
Yeah. So, but one thing I can say for sure, you know, we we're talking about gambling a moment ago. You you can go all in on the Chiefs, right? Because the NFL cannot have a nation of Swifties falling apart. You can go all in on the Chiefs for the for the Super Bowl. Well, I, well, I'll tell you what you can't go all in talking about affordability is have you seen the the entry level Ooh. ticket price for the Super Bowl this year? Isn't it 10k now? Entry. It's, yeah, it, it, I think two days ago it was eighty five hundred. I think it's up to ten grand. That and that'll get you uh, all the way at the top and maybe standing room only. Ten grand. It will going. go down. It will go it's, down because when they were here in Phoenix, it all started high, and a day of, I think it went down to a reasonable two thousand dollars. Well, it's in probably, Tampa it was five. It's probably so expensive, and our entire country can't afford houses or anything that. <laughs> You know, no one's going to be at the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl will actually probably be empty. Isn't that right, CJ? 80,000 seats empty. I think this is a great learning opportunity for RJ. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you're I know you're organic, all right? But in the, in the world of marketing, like all right, we've learned that people can afford the things that they find value in. And a lot of people find value in entertainment. That's why it's one of the biggest all-time industries ever. So the Super Bowl will be packed full. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, shout out to Patty Mahomes, man. He's bringing home another chip. He's going to dethrone Brady over talk the next five to him, ten man. years as the greatest quarterback. Guaranteed. As the greatest quarterback to ever walk the earth. Someone mute crazy. this ignorance. Okay, I, so I don't, I don't have a mute button, bro. Hold <laughs> on. I just want to make sure I understand. You don't, you don't think Patty, he's 28. What are we Shut up. About? Shut up. I got a question for you. You got a chance to talk after I ask you your question, okay? I just want to make sure. You said people will find affordability in what's important to them. Oh, boy. So to all of the people that can't afford houses, it's because it's not important to them. That's your answer, right? We're, we're, only, only somebody like RJ. <laughs> Shout out to all the missing coal in the Trump train. Only somebody like RJ could associate a $5,000 item, a $10,000 item to a $250,000 item. That's just, just, just 5,000 in St. Louis. Just if I could have, if I could have cheated off of RJ Bates's economics paper in high school, Man, I mean, you wouldn't be the man you are today. The level, the level of failure that would exist in my life would just be but, completely. But to absurd, be fair, but. CJ, to be fair, for that same ten grand you're going to spend to get in the Super Bowl, you can move from California and buy a house for cash in St. Louis. Shout out to Jimmy Breed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that ten k, that ten k is twenty percent down. It's it's you know we're. We have prices going up moderately in the Midwest right now. Okay, so looking at it today, returning to the winner's circle, we have we have Leon. We have Leon G Barnes. It only makes, it only makes sense. Chiefs win, Leon wins. Uh, you know, he's he's traveling all over the panel. You know, he's gone from Michigan to Florida, over to Kansas City. Um we have had a bunch of fun today. Uh, real quick, though, before we do outros, Steve wants to share a few words. Steve? Yeah, I just want to take a moment, uh, just kind of share. Uh, we lost a good one yesterday. Um, you know, Oliver Seidler, uh, he's the owner of Property Force. Uh, he passed away uh, in his home. Um, if you don't know about Property Force, they're consistently one of the top three wholesalers in the country. 
right? Not a lot of people know about them, uh, but you know they were doing 850 to a thousand wholesale transactions a year. Uh, and this one hits me really hard. You know, I've known Oliver since 2000. Um, I still remember Jared Vidalis. If you guys don't know him, uh, he reached out to me. It's like Steve, you gotta find this Oliver guy. You gotta skip trace him. Do whatever you gotta do. Get him on the show because I want to talk to him. And by luck, uh, Oliver actually reaches out to me a couple weeks later. It's like, hey, I want to be on Real Estate Disruptors. He flew out, and before we recorded the show, he sat down for lunch with me and Jared, and he answered patiently all of Jared's questions. If you guys don't know Jared, the guy is super tactical, super technical. He had a ridiculous amount of questions, and Oliver answered all of them. Uh, he was Oliver was incredibly humble over the years. We've had some incredible conversations. Uh, we were in Collective Genius. He joined CG sometime after he came on the show. At CG, we're vulnerable. We share our challenges. Here's what I'm going through, right? Uh, either... Uh, challenges with marketing, challenges with management, challenges with the business divorce. Every time he's always pulled me aside, he's like, Steve, you know, whatever you need, here's here's how I dealt with this and so on. So incredibly humble, incredibly giving. Um, in fact, one of the posters I have in my office, I bought to put in my office because I saw it in one of his presentations because he had that poster in his office. You know, so he's just an incredible dude. So, um, you know, he's had some ripple effects. He's had a lot of team members leave him to go off to run successful wholesale businesses on their own. So if you think about legacy, what more can you ask for, right? You lead an organization to such a degree that the people will leave you and succeed. So uh, from PTD, from me, uh, we wish a heartful, uh, heartfelt condolences to the side of the family. You know, it's, it's rough and you know, we're, you're, you're definitely in our thoughts. Thank you for that, Steve. We really appreciate that. Um, we will get into outros now, starting with today's champion, Leon G. Barnes. Say bye to the people. I will uh, echo what Steve said. Uh, we have fun on this show, um, but, you know, it's, there's also real life that happens. And uh, to lose a CG family member is difficult. And I can say this about Oliver to what Steve just said. Not only did he have employees that left his business. I know we've talked about this in the past about um, – Oh, gosh, uh, employees leaving and starting their own and people being worried about that. Oliver was never worried about that. In fact, every time that we had one of his former employees apply for CG, he was happy for them. He wanted them to continue to grow and cared about others' growth. And I talked to a lot of them uh, yesterday that reached out. I reached out to and they reached out to me. Uh, that is true legacy. When you care about others um, that you've mentored, for them to go out and have that type of success and uh, just know that, uh, you know, squeeze your loved ones and uh, know that uh, relationships, man, it's that's what it's all about. And uh, he's a good one. We will be missed. A great show with you guys today. Always great seeing you. Thank you for that, Leon. We appreciate it. RJ, say bye to the people. Yeah, I didn't have the opportunity to know Oliver, uh, but I got to hear stories from Leon and Steve um, over the past you know, day or so. And uh, I just take the opportunity to say, like, when something like this happens, it, it shows you how short life can be. Um, embrace the moments that you have. Um, don't take it for granted. Specifically, if you're watching this, you're probably an entrepreneur of some sort. Um, you can get lost in the weeds and, and focus on some of the negatives that are going on because being an entrepreneur is hard. Um, don't get lost in that. Um, embrace the opportunity that's in front of you, embrace moments with the relationships that you can create and um, just attack the day, empty the tanks. Absolutely. Thank you, RJ. We always talk about be where your feet are.
It's a very important thing. CJ, say bye to the people. Yeah, uh, bye to the people, man. I, I never had the pleasure of uh, knowing or meeting Oliver, but, uh, you know, what I hear is uh, legacy and impact. Um, you know, what Leon just said about, you know, having people leave your tree, right, and go out and do great things of their own, I think is the testament of the person in which they, they learned from and which they, you know, were nurtured by. So, um, you know, rest in peace to him, you know, wishes to his friends, family, you all who knew him well. Uh, I hope everybody has a beautiful Thursday. Uh, I think RJ had some wise words there. Uh, for sure, man, go out, do something with your time here. Uh, it's inevitably short. Uh, we only get one go at this thing. It's not going to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but make sure that you're making something happen every single day. Peace. All right. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and close up shop here on PTD. Thank you for joining us today. It was a fun uh, show. Had a lot of laughs. Um, had some serious moments. That's the way we like to do it around here. We will check you guys out next week.